0: This is how to profit from government spending. Have you ever wondered what $10 trillion could do? You could write off one-third of U.S. debt. You could fund the bankrupt Social Security and bring universal health care to everyone. Heck, you could even give every American a $33,000 down payment and solve the homeownership crisis. And yet, of all things, Uncle Sam chose to spend $10 trillion to fight a virus with economic policies. And while the emergency is over, the spending, well, not so much. During its first term, the Biden administration passed two mammoth spending packages. One, America's largest infrastructure bill committing $1 trillion to, well, no one really knows yet. And two, a record $738 billion climate bill disguised as an inflation reduction act. That totals $12 trillion for ad hoc expenses, and that's on top of regular expenditures. And yet, there's still more room for COVID spending. Take a look. To put things in historical perspective, with only 1.5% of that amount, roughly $180 billion at today's value, Truman rebuilt half of war-torn Europe after World War II. This was known as the Marshall Plan. So, was it worth it in the end? Did these trillions in COVID response spending benefit anyone other than Wall Street? Well, let's look at the hard data to find out. Thousands of dollars in stimulus checks and exploding nominal wages gave the impression that trillions in COVID response spending benefited everyone. At least that's what the Biden administration claims. But if you zoom out past that cherry-picked time frame, you'll see that workers are actually much worse off. Look at how inflation-adjusted personal income changed during COVID. Real disposable income which is income adjusted for inflation, has not only dropped sharply, but it's back to pre-COVID levels. What about savings? After all, while holed up during COVID, people saved up the largest pile of money in history. Well, turns out, those savings are now gone. In fact, Americans now have the lowest cash cushion since the 2008 global financial crisis. And based on the savings rates, which shows what percentage of income Americans put aside, this cushion isn't growing anytime soon. Today, Americans put aside, on average, just 2.3% of their paychecks, compared to 10% before COVID spending. Since 1959, there's only been one month when the savings rate was that low. According to the Fed data, households in the top half of the distribution hold most of the excess savings, meaning the bottom 50% have next to nothing to fall back on. and. The Fed says the worst is yet to come. So, where did all the trillions of dollars go? Maybe it was used to pay down debt. Well, let's take a look at that. At the beginning of the pandemic, consumer loans did indeed drop. But once inflation caught up to the money supply and living costs exploded, households began piling up debt like there's no tomorrow. And that includes the most expensive debt of all, credit cards. According to credit reporting agency TransUnion, In 2022, credit card balances hit an all-time record, spiking nearly 20% from the year before. More alarming, most new credit consumers were non-prime borrowers. Such desperate debt accumulation tells us a lot about those who take on that debt. These people aren't swiping that card to buy a 77-inch OLED TV or a fancy vacation in Paris. As TransUnion data shows, they are strapped for everyday necessities like food and gas. Meanwhile, The Fed's Jerome Powell tells growing spending and how resilient the economy is. If that's the case, can't people just cut back on expenses? There's a widely held misconception about spending and inflation, and it's downright ignorant to see it adopted by policymakers who are presumably armed with all the data in the world and swaths of PhD economists. The theory goes something like this. Despite high inflation, people are still employed and spending more, which means that the economy is too hot. Just take a look at one of the snippets from Powell's recent addresses on inflation. In the eyes of the Fed, inflation is the fault of lavish consumers. As such, the Fed has to rein this lavishness in. The Fed intentionally mixes up cause and effect by blaming the people, but in reality, the increased spending isn't the cause of inflation. Let me explain. If a carton of eggs cost you $3 in 2019, and now it costs $6, will you buy half as many eggs to feed your family? Probably not. You'll likely buy the same carton of eggs but just spend more to do it this is why spending in nominal terms which is often cited by the fed and the mainstream media has gone parabolic but if you adjust for inflation you'll see that spending is just on trend in other words people are spending more to make up for the rise in prices and that's a fact combine that with exploding credit card debt and it's evident that this spending isn't meant to pay down debt nor Is it voluntary lavishness? As counterintuitive as it sounds, it's a sign people just don't have enough to get by. So where's the money? Let's put this into perspective one more time. The government and the Fed have unleashed more than $10 trillion over the past few years and counting. If that money had been handed out directly to the people, every single American would now have $33,000 in their bank accounts. But they don't. Meanwhile, two years in, the average American is worse off than they were before all of this spending. This obviously doesn't add up. If the real economy isn't any better after the government sank $10 trillion into it, where did all that money go? The answer is asset prices. We all know that stocks have done exceptionally well during COVID, but let's put that into numbers. From 2019 to 2021, the market cap of American stocks skyrocketed from $34 trillion to a whopping $52 trillion. That's $18 trillion in paper value over just two years. In the entire history of capitalism, wealth has never been accumulated so fast. Meanwhile, the housing market added approximately $10 trillion. In 2021 alone, it gained a record $6.9 trillion, doubling the previous record in 2007. I mean, that explains why the cost of a typical home in the U.S. today will run you about $411,000. Meanwhile, in Canada, the average home is now over seven hundred grand Canadian. But if you knew what the $10 trillion in COVID response spending was truly for, that is, to boost asset values, then you could have tripled your wealth. Unfortunately, most people were too busy trying to pay bills and feed their families through inflation. Our governments have fooled you into thinking that they've showered you with help and money. They wired everyone a couple of measly checks and... For a little while, they covered those who lost their jobs. But all of that was just breadcrumbs compared to how much was ultimately spent. If you combined all stimulus checks and income support measures, including unemployment benefits in the U.S., you get $1.9 trillion. That's barely one-fifth of all that was spent. Go check it for yourself on COVID Money Tracker. The rest of that money ended up in assets. And by way of financial engineering, such as buybacks, It trickled up to Wall Street. Read one of her past letters, the biggest dealer in the world, on how this scheme works. Meanwhile, more than half of Americans have been priced out of home ownership. Is there any wonder income equality jumped in 2021 for the first time in a decade? Living paycheck to paycheck is a rat race to the bottom. No matter how much the government spends, none of it will go to solving real world problems. The ruling class will always ensure federal dollars end up where it serves their best interests. And if you aren't part of this group, the only way to make something out of it is to piggyback on those interests. That is, buy the right assets. That's why, despite what the experts told you over the last decade and throughout the pandemic, we've encouraged readers to stay in the stock market and convert their returns into hard assets. There was simply too much money in the system with nowhere to go but into financial instruments such as the stock market and real estate. And while the market looks shaky, There's still plenty of money on the sidelines, as we explained in the previous newsletter. Lastly, while it appears that $10 trillion of spending simply vanished, it didn't. It just went to those who knew how to take advantage of it. Stay tuned for more. Seek the truth and be prepared.